Thank you for joining us today. This is Clint Byers, lead pastor of Forward Church. I pray this message blesses and encourages you. I hope it inspires transformative grace in your heart and establishes you even deeper in your new covenant identity in Christ. Now take a deep breath, become aware of God's spirit within you, and enjoy the message. So, it, th- this actually does tie into the message that I wanted to go into today, and I, I do I do have a lot of scriptures, so I, I just want to kind of read through these and then talk about what is what does the process look like for you to connect with Him inside of you and not through somebody else, through somebody else's experience that creates a sense of lack. You know, that's why I think that it's important that we um, spread this perspective of the finished work and completeness in Christ and identity in Him in conjunction with believing for the promises because it reassures people, you are complete in Him. You lack nothing. You, If you were to pop out of your body and move on into heaven right now in this moment, that spirit that moves on doesn't does not need healing it does not need growth and maturity it doesn't need anything that this body in this and this soul needs if we can if we can even segment it you know we know that the the eternal part of us comes out of this body and moves on that's the part that i want to think from that's the part that i i want to be like when I think about myself, I want to think about myself in that context rather than the physical context. Are you with me? And, and, and how do we live from that place that's not you know, so flighty and disconnected from real life, but, but that who we are in spirit uh, is meaningful in this life, in even the smallest things. So we kind of have to undo some things to get there. So I've got a bunch of passages. We'll read right through them. And here's the point of of what I want to look at. And the point is this. We misuse Scripture. And if you really look at what it's saying, uh, you realize who God actually is. And here's the other point is this. The Word, the written Word, reflects the living word, which is him. And the written word is the fuel. It's the food. It's the nourishment to establish your mind and your heart in his ways and in his will. Amen. And if we're not regularly putting the word in, I mean, I'm telling you, I meet with people and people pray. And especially if you're kind of charismatic, in other words, you believe the gifts are for today and God's speaking to you. It's like people are trying to discern messages from God and spending no time in the written word. I, I, the thing that meant was the most meaningful to you was a written word that was then alive inside of you. If there's anything that I can encourage us to do, it's give the written word the opportunity to become the living word, right? Because you have the living word in there. And, and so we try to discern, we try to hear from God, and, and you can. I mean, you can. God is speaking to you in this moment. He's always talking. He's always disseminating wisdom and information and manifesting himself to you. 
Always. You have the mind of Christ. I, personally, I think there's nothing that is withheld from you other than through our own limitations and our own logical reasonings when we think more carnally than we do spiritually. But if you were to fully think with that mind of Christ that you have, you, you, wouldn't, be, you wouldn't need to seek information. You would just follow God and follow His Spirit. So much of our Christianity is spent on trying to find information rather than the living Word. Does that make sense to you? Like, like, we're, trying to find, like we're trying to understand details and how-tos, and it's like if we just believed the Word, it is the manifestation of the thing. I mean, it's kind of hard to put that into words. So, so we read passages like this, and most of Christianity is stuck in things like this. This is Isaiah 55, 8. Uh, and you hear this quoted. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my ways your ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways, and my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. And you hear that quoted as if, uh, well, you know what? You're just going to be confused about God. This person got healed, this person didn't, and then this passage pops up. Well, you know, his ways are higher than our ways. We just don't understand what he's doing. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Good Lord gives and the Lord takes away. Oh, Job, you mean Job repented of being wrong when he said that? Okay, I didn't know that. Uh, he just, you know, God works in mysterious ways. Cliche Christianity is a killer. Out of context Christianity is a killer. I'm going to read this whole bit for just a minute, but then, but then we also hear this one. 1 Corinthians 2.9, rather it is written, No eye has seen, nor ear has heard, nor heart, no heart has imagined what God has prepared for those who love Him. You hear that, right? It's quoted when people are trying to sort through understanding difficult situations in life. And I'm not just talking about physical disease or anything like that. I mean, job loss or struggling in your marriage or, you know, difficult things happen and people are like, well, I just, I don't know what I did or I don't know. I just, God's trying to teach me something in this. You know, eyes not seen, ears not heard. You hear these kind of half-quoted, cliche-ish type things put out there. Are you with me? Don't beat yourself up if you say these things because you're about to learn something. All right? And that means we're going to read a lot. Uh, so this here, my thoughts are not your thoughts, my ways are not your ways, his ways are higher than our ways, and you hear that in context. Well, let's put it in context. Now, the reason I want to put it in context is, is where we're going to go after that. In other words... If you hear something that creates confusion between you and the Lord, don't just accept that passage half-quoted. Go into the Word and look at what it says. So there's some biblical, you know, studiousness. Is that a word, studiousness? What's the word? Something. Well, we'll make it a word. Uh, studiosity. <laughs> Is that better? No. no I'm getting... Eh. Keep going. Uh, you, you know, dig a little bit, read a little bit, know the Word. Thank God for Google. Well, let me say search engines. Man, y'all are too, you just, that was too deep. You referenced it. You know what I mean. Anyway, uh, let's read this. This is in context. His ways are higher than our ways is what, you know, all that. Uh, this is God prophesying through Isaiah what life would be like after the Messiah when he's living amongst his people, inside of his people, uh, teaching people his ways, drawing the nations to his people to teach them his ways. Because that's really what we want to be as the body of Christ 
is the light, that city on a hill, that, that representation of the kingdom of God, the kings and priests in this earth carrying the message of God, drawing people, watching the Lord draw people to us to teach them the Lord's ways. And if we think ourselves where His ways are unknowable and higher than our ways and we just can't understand, then we're not going to be confident in teaching people God's ways. But just so, let's just see what He actually says here. Uh, it's a beautiful promise. This is right after Isaiah 53, which is the chapter of the Great Exchange on the Cross. Isaiah 54, the announcement of the New Covenant. We talked about this a few weeks ago. God declares Himself our husband, the Lord your God, your maker is your husband. He frames our relationship in the most inti intimate capacity He can imagine. And that's His idea. And then He goes on, and then this is what life is going to be like after that. Come all you who are thirsty, come to the waters, and you without money, come, buy, and eat. You don't have much money? Well, in the kingdom, doesn't matter. Come buy wine and... Wait a minute, what? Anyway, side point. Come buy wine and milk without money and without cost. Why spend money on that which is not bread and your labor on that which does not satisfy? Listen carefully to me. Listen carefully to me. That's, that's, that's a key thing. Listen. And so any good charismatic means... But my spiritual radar's up and discern a message from heaven. And that is possible. He is doing that, but it's in His Word. If what you feel like you hear from God is not also verified in His Word, then question it. Man, we need to bring our heads back down and root in the Word a little bit more. Amen? Uh, there's a part of the body of Christ that's like only Word, no Spirit, and then there's some that's all Spirit and no Word. I want a good, healthy mix of both. Uh, because I don't trust myself enough to discern messages and figure out what God's trying to tell me. I mean, I remember walking through this and telling the Lord, like, look, if you're going to talk to me, give me a scripture for it too, because I'm just not that spiritual to try to figure out what you're saying independent from this. Uh, so listen to me, listen carefully to me, and eat what is good, and your soul will delight in the, rich, the richest of foods. Incline your ear. Again, listen. And come to me. Listen. Say listen. So that your soul may live. Man, you know, a lot of times we just skip over those kinds of things. But, but like when I'm reading this and I was studying this week, I got caught on that, that your soul may live. What a promise. If I'll listen to him, I'll experience life in my soul and be lifted up out of that heaviness, you know, that the world puts on you, that your soul may live. I will make with you an everlasting covenant, my loving devotion promised to David, my loving devotion. This is the, this is the BSB, the Berean Standard, uh, Berean Study Bible. Berean Study Bible is kind of a newer translation, but there's a lot of academic that went in. It's not a paraphrase. It is an actual translation from original language. It's kind of new if you hadn't heard about it, but... but um, it's not one of those hippie, you know, emotional translations. I don't know. That's funny to me. Uh, Behold, I have made him a witness to the nations, a leader and commander of the peoples. Surely you will summon a nation you do not know. See, th these are the things that I, I want to see the church step into. God's summoning the nations 
that we don't know. And I don't necessarily mean it's like Ukraine goes and listens to the fastest growing church in America and then revival happens. Yeah, I think we've got things weird. I just mean in general, people are seeking out God's people to hear uh, who God is and be led and taught in the ways of God, right? I don't know that we need to try to define what that even is. So, for the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, has bestowed glory on you. But seek the Lord while he may be found. Call on him while he is near. Let the wicked man forsake his own way and the unrighteous man his own thoughts. Let him return to the Lord that he may have compassion and to our God, for he will freely pardon. That's one of God's ways. He will freely pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. Well, what's he talking about? He's not talking about trying to uh, you know, nebulously discern the will of God for your life. He's talking about the nations coming to my people to learn my ways. And one of my ways is I freely pardon. You know, they were, these were old, these were uh, Mosaic covenant believers where it was about judgment and justice. And then God starts talking about himself in terms of I desire mercy over sacrifice. That's what he's talking about when he says, my ways are higher than your ways. He's, and he's talking about this new covenant that's going to come. This is 700 years before Jesus. So, he, you know, he, was, he started early trying to lay the groundwork so that they would get it by the time the Messiah actually walked the earth. And a lot of them still miss it. A lot of them got it. But we're still trying to learn God's ways. The church is leading with a judgmental, condemning finger, pointing at behaviors and not pointing people to Jesus. The finger of the church needs to go from this to this. Are you with me? Not excusing behavior, not watering down God's standards, but operating in His ways, one of which is freely pardoning. And we see that with Jesus, the woman caught in adultery, right? So, you know, something difficult happens and some well-meaning Christian goes, well, you know what, his ways are higher than our ways. We just don't know. That, that's not, you can't just pluck that out and apply that there. Amen? And then, further on, so as it relates to the, sec, the 1 Corinthians 2, 9, 1. No eye has seen, no ear has heard. He's quoting Isaiah 64, and I'm just going to go ahead and jump to the rest of what he says. Um, 1 Corinthians 2, 6, Among the mature, however, we speak a message of wisdom, but not the wisdom of this age or of the rulers of this age. So you kind of see that same language, my ways are not your way. I'm not going to do things the way that you people do it. I'm going to do it my way, and this is how I do it. Uh, <clears throat> who are coming to nothing. No, we speak of the mysterious and hidden wisdom of God, which he destined for our glory before time began. None of the rulers of this age understood it. The rulers of this age, they don't, they're the ones that don't understand it. For if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. Who are we talking about? We're talking about the demonic realm. We're talking about those who follow Satan, because that's who they, is attributed to killing Jesus, right? So they don't understand it. And then... Uh, Rather, it is written, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no heart has imagined, what God has prepared for those who love Him, verse 10, but God has revealed it to us by the Spirit. 
It's like people don't know that verse 10 is in there. Well, you know, you just don't know. God hasn't revealed it to you. But He reveals it by His Spirit. So you listen to somebody like Carla talk about her healing journey, and there's still some things that she's still contending and believing for, right? Uh, that she learned of God's ways that are different than our ways, than, than what carnality would produce. But it's by His Spirit. So the bottom line of this is not just know what the Word says. And, th th you know, this is why I value the body of Christ, because He did put teachers in place and evangelists and all that stuff. And all that We need all that stuff. We, we need it to be... Uh, to, to fully encourage one another and, and be part of each other's lives in a, in a meaningful, productive way, and not to complete you, but to just remind. You know, church is remembering more than anything is what it is. But these are the principles that I want to kind of extrapolate out of putting confusing uh, intended passages in proper context Marrying it to, you've got some areas of your life that you genuinely need to experience the power of God in. And I don't just mean physical healing. I mean, some of you need to experience how to, to, to experience God as your provider. You know, he says the Lord your God uh, is your provider. He teaches you how to um, get wealth. He wants, you, he wants to bless you exceedingly abundantly above all that you can ask or think. You know, so there's a financial component. Some of you have some relational things going on. And I know there's some of you that are going some, through some relational things and it's like, it's an end and it's time to move on into the next thing. And it's hard. And what does that even look like? You know, I, I don't even know. I can't speak to what some of you guys are going through. Honestly, some of y'all have been through some things that when I, let, I talk to you, I feel like I don't, I, I, I don't know how to address what you're talking about because I've, I've not walked through that, but, the, but Jesus has in some way. You know, He was tempted in all ways like we are yet without sin. So, all of that to bring it back to this. How? So, these are some key statements. Come to me, incline your ear, remember my ways, and His Spirit reveals. Do you want to know how to hear the Spirit? Would you like some steps of how to consistently hear God? Well, I don't really have any steps for you. I just <laughs> I wish somebody would tell me some steps. But you know what I'm saying? It's like we're ready. Oh, here's here are the steps. I'm I'm not kidding. Here are the steps. These are the ideas here. Romans 12:2. Don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind then you'll be able to test and approve what is the good, pleasing, and perfect will of God. What does that mean? When your mind is renewed to who you are in Him, I just felt like this statement is... Uh-oh, what happened? Did we go to sleep? I think maybe tap the space bar. We, we had an issue with our computer, and John gave us this temporary fix until a new one comes in. But anyway, I'll just read it. So, as you renew your mind with His Word, you will know His will and know His ways. I think that's what he's saying in Romans 12 too. Uh, then you will be able to test, so then you will be able to test and approve what the will of God is, pleasing and perfect will of God. 
it's, it's just talking about renewing your mind and then you will be able to. Uh, so like when you're in a situation and you need to kind of discern, okay, well, is this the will of God? Is this, is, this, is this the direction the Lord wants me to go? Well, how do you know that? How do you be able to test? How can you test that situation to know what the will is? You've renewed your mind. How do you renew your mind? You put on the new man. You put on who you are in him that is created after him in true righteousness and holiness. You, you don't let cliche Christianity lull you into believing that you're still a sinner by nature, that you're unworthy to stand in the presence of God that your behavior determines whether or not you're saved. Renew your mind specifically to what he's done. And then this is another one. And you guys all know these particular passages, but what I'm talking about is the idea of how do we consistently hear God. you got to renew your mind. Bottom line, put the word in there. This is a way to condition your mind and your heart to know the way, to know the will of God. Because, you know, my goodness, we, the body of Christ, we're floundering trying to figure out what God wants us to do. And God's sitting there going, look, I want to bring the nations to you. I want to bring people to you so that you will be able to teach them my ways. And, and it's really pretty simple. If you know His Word and you yield to His Spirit in that moment, it will work itself out. It, if, if you're genuinely committed to the Holy Spirit leading you in each and every situation, and you're genuinely committed to the Word of God, you're going to settle into your own way of knowing the Word, communicating with the Lord, and walking out your own salvation. Amen? Don't, don't ever think that going through some program or some inner healing process or some academic path don't ever think that that's the path that's going to get you to the place where you need to be. You already are where you need to be. Those things might serve to help you connect to what you already have in Christ. Amen? Amen. But it's a, it's a process of mind renewal that, that you... Re, that it's almost like remembering into who you really are. Remember, you already are everything that God ever needs you to be. Everything God needs from you is already inside of you. But the confidence of who we are is not rooted in what He's done. But this is the process to gain that confidence. This is the process to renew your mind, to, to develop those mechanisms of faith, to work out the stuff that God's trying to work out within you. And I think the, whole, I think the church has tried to play Holy Spirit too much. I want to challenge us to not depend on somebody else to tell you how to hear God. Nobody can do that. But I am 100% confident that the Holy Spirit and you can figure it out. You can. You believe me? Finally, brothers, this is Philippians 4, 8. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable. And this is a whole exercise. You're facing something, something difficult happens, you get a diagnosis, your kid's this, your spouse is this, your boss is this. All right, hang on, wait a minute. Who am I in Christ? Let me think about it. All right, so in this situation, my kid, my job, my spouse, my future, my ministry, whatever. All right, this is not working out the way it's supposed to look like. What's true in this situation? This is an exercise you just walk yourself into. All right, here's what is true. What is true is 
I know who God is. Who is God in this situation? What is true of God in this situation? Are you with me? So, so you get that. Well, you get the truth, and you commit like you said, like Carla said. I don't care. I don't care what they say. You know, that to me, that sounds like the, the, the Hebrew children before King Nebuchadnezzar. They're like, look, man, we are not going to bow down and worship you. Our God will deliver us. But even if he doesn't, he's still better than you. Even if he doesn't, we're not bowing down to that. Now, under the new covenant, I don't know that we can say even if he doesn't because he's already has. That's a whole other thing. But so this is, it's a process. You want to know how to hear God? Assimilate this into your life in a real and meaningful way that works for you and consistently stick to it, all right? Whatever's true, whatever's honorable, whatever's right, whatever's pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think on these things. Now, I've had this same conversation about a dozen times in the past, probably month, of people talking to me about anxiety issues, depression, and, and night terrors. So if you're, if, if you're one of those people that I've spoken to, I'm not just singling you out because trust me, there's, it's, things come in waves sometimes. I know it's interesting. But, uh, but uh, this is how you walk out of it. Because with all those people, what I've noticed is they're spending time in, in the mindset of that thing and not yet enough time in the mind, God's mindset related to those issues. So in other words, you find out what the Word says about that issue, you renew your mind, and you commit to your inner state being affected by God's truth. I mean, it's really actually pretty simple. You know, I mean, I'm saying it in a way that sounds like, oh, yeah. But, I, but, I, but it's, it's really pretty simple. In other words, you choose to believe the Word of God over your situation. How do you believe the Word of God? You do these types of processes and hold it in inwardly until it becomes more real to you than the external thing. Well, how do you do that? Well, I don't know. I mean, I know how to do it, but if I were to try to explain it to you, it would sound like steps and works and effort. And that's not how it happens, right? I can try to explain what it's like for me, and you can try to explain it, but that deeper inner spiritual aspect, I don't know that we can explain it. I don't think we have the language. There's not language on this planet to properly explain and describe the mechanisms of the heart interacting with the spirit to actually assimilate the word and experience the effectiveness of the word in your life. It would be like a seed trying to explain to you how it becomes a tree. There's some science behind it that you could explain the processes, but how did that, get, how did that seed know to do that? Where did the programming come from to begin with? You know what I mean? It's like there's a deeper aspect of it. And I don't mean, I'm not trying to send you on a journey to try to figure out the mysteries of God. You know what I mean? Like we go super deep with it and get kind of woo-woo with it. It's like, no, 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 no. Just know that when you believe, it grows. Walking out of that grave like Adam. Walking out of the grave. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice. <laughs> Put it into practice. Uh, and the God of peace will be with you. Now, is that meaning 
If you do it, then God will show up? Of course not, because He lives inside of you, said He would never leave you nor forsake you, right? It just means that you will experience what He's already trying to lead you into. Are you, are you, I, you know, I don't have a bow to put on this and a step to give you as much as I'm trying to encourage you. The way out and through is walking with the Spirit, but His Word is the light. His Word is the lamp to your feet that shows you the path. I'm telling you, if you're a good charismatic and you're sitting there in your prayer closet and you're trying to pray and you got your journal and you're ready to write what He's telling you, do you, inf- do you factor the Word in as part of that? I hope that you do. I really hope that you do. Um, because of this, Hebrews 4.12, the Word of God is living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It pierces even to, the, to, the divi- even to dividing soul and spirit joints and marrow. If you catch it, that's a full progression of manifestation. In other words, uh, soul and spirit in that ethereal spirit, emotional realm, even down into physicality. The Word will do what the Word does. You just have to trust that the Word knows what to do. So in other words, you cultivate that Word. Uh, and, And in its simplest terms, Read the Bible. <laughs> but, but not just, oh, i got to get up and read so many hours and i got to do it by this time because my brain is working at this and I'm more open to it at this time. And if I don't do it, oh, man, I didn't do it today. Well, which one am I supposed to read? Oh, I don't know what to do, so I'm just going to... Well, I don't like that. Let me read that. That's why I've been focusing so much a lot lately on... Let me just put this up. Sowing His Word in your heart and mind will condition you to think like Him. And when you think like Him, you'll be open to His ways and you'll follow Him. And it's a process that you don't even really recognize. You look back and you notice that you're doing it. But it's why I focus, uh, while we've been talking a lot lately, about this resource, openbible.info. And really, whatever topical search study tool that you like, but I've pointed, we, we walked through this in um, Equip last week, which if you're unfamiliar with it's been mentioned a couple times, we have the first Wednesday of every month. We meet in here and we have worship. Uh, and then it's, it's equip is short for equipping the saints for the work of the ministry. So we just practice things. We practice gifts. We practice, you know, hearing God for ourselves. We practice encouraging one another and praying for one another. Uh, some, of the, some of the time we're going to practice on meditation and holding the Word of God in our hearts and seeing what God says to us. You know, so we will, well, I want to practice that type of stuff. And when we started it back up and we started focusing on these things, you got a back healed, you got cancer healed. You know, I mean, man, I don't want to attribute it just to that, but uh, it's, it's happening as we've put focus on. We want, to, we want to believe to see these things happen, right? Um, it's not going to happen if we don't pray for each other. Uh, so anyway, come to the, except for March, because that's spring break. Is it March? Where, where's Adam? April, April. That'll be the second Wednesday, but we'll put all that out there. So it's just, it's a matter of you. Oh, oh, openbible.info. Openbible.info. Here's your exercise. I've given this exercise a few weeks. Try this or your own favorite study tool. Uh, go to 
uh, and Carrie, was it last week that Carrie is, there you are. You had a testimony, you had a work situation, you had something going on, you went, you pulled it out at work on your phone, open Bible, you went to the topical section, put it in, boom, you quoted some passages to yourself. So here's the exercise. Uh, go to that resource and put in depression, anxiety, finances, children, ministry, what, whatever the area it is that you want to see breakthrough, that you want to see the promises of God manifest, health, whatever it is, put that word in the topical search bar and it'll bring up probably 50 passages and just read through them, slowly read through them and personalize them. So in other words, I'm not, I, I, I hope that you do pick up the word and you read through books and you study and all that type of thing. But, but what, I, what I want you to do is learn how to uh, retrain your mind to think how he thinks about the subjects that you're struggling with. So the stuff that you're dealing with and you need to see him move in your life, you need to know what the Word says about those areas. It's, it's really, I mean, it's pretty elementary, but I just, I just, I'm, listen, I've done a lot of counseling and people just don't do it. People just don't, people just don't take the time to sit with the Word. And so we've got these great study tools. So go to that Go to a website like that, search, and just read through the passages that relate to whatever area it is that you're dealing with and personalize it. So that's step one. Read through those passages, and as you read through them, rephrase them in first person so you make it personal. And step three would be feel it, visualize it, imagine it as true. Not to make it happen, right? Your imagination, your visual, visualization, your confession of that thing, you're not trying to convince God to come down and make it happen. Here's the secret. The reality is it's already true of you. What you're trying to do is just believe it. You're trying to get your mindset in a place where it's like, oh, this, this is my identity. And there's an exercise I'll do with people sometimes where it's like we're praying about a particular issue and I'll have that person in their mind step outside of their body and look at themselves and watch themselves in that situation as if you're detached from the emotions of it, not trying to promote astral projection or nothing like that, but just detach from the emotional aspect of it a little bit. Put on who you are in spirit. Look at it in an objective perspective. And sometimes people do that, and it's like, oh, my goodness, I didn't realize that I was feeling that way about that thing. And, and then that gives them something to go back into that situation with equipped with the Word. And so you go through this process. You just find out what the Word of God says about whatever it is in life you're dealing with. You rephrase it in first person. You confess these things to the point where it's believable to you. And then when it's believable, it becomes possible. Amen. Even if it's the most crazy supernatural encounters and experiences that the world has ever known. Are you with me? Because sometimes you talk about these kinds of things and it's so practical that really hyper-spiritual people, it's not, I just want to be able to just flow, you know. Sorry, I don't mean to be critical. I just want to kind of help people not be their own worst enemy when trying to experience God because the Word was maybe used in a legalistic way in your past and not in a life-giving way, but it is life. It just is life. In short, the Word of God is, it is alive and it's powerful. And if you'll use it, it will at least show you how to think about that situation. And as you commit to it being the truth, 
it then has this way of, of doing this process here of going from just spirit and soul into the joints and marrow and into steps and decisions and actions in your life. You don't know what to do in this particular area. What does the Word say about it? How, how do I feel about it? Regardless of how I feel about it, I'm committed to the truth of it, and I'm going to hold that, and I'm going to trust that it's then going to do what it's going to do. And Jesus teaches about this in Mark 4, and ultimately He says, you know, I, so much of my teaching comes back to this, but it's He, de, he describes it, the kingdom, the Word. It's like a farmer that casts seed into the ground, he goes to sleep, and he wakes up, and he doesn't know how it happens, but it produces after its own kind. That is actually the explanation that Jesus gives his innermost circle of how the Word works in the heart. It's a parable that includes he doesn't know how it happens, but it produces after its own kind. Do you trust that the Word of God can change your life? There's a spiritual element to it that the, that the church is missing that's simple but powerful. And when we consistently shape our own minds and lives with it, other people are going to be drawn to you so you can teach them His ways. Not just what the Bible says, but how to let God influence you. And, and it's, that's the part that's frustrating, and we want to be scientists about it and teach people those spiritual mechanisms, and you, and you can't. You just have to trust the Word. You will never be able to prove scientifically to people that God exists. You will never be able to academically walk somebody through how to get healed. That's just, it's just not, you can give them information, but where they go with it in their heart is, is up to them. Amen? Amen? Did you get something out of this? Are you going to take something and put it into your life? Because I think that's the final statement. Put it into practice. In your own way, put it into practice. Amen? All right, let's stand up. Father, we thank you. Thank you so much for the opportunity to gather. Thank you for the gifts of everybody working together. We are committed to your word because it is life. It's not just pages in a book. It's seeds of life for us, and we trust you and we love you. We don't want to limit you, and we want to fully represent you in this earth. Amen. I want to leave you with a, a thought about this. I just, this is something that I just kind of feel like the Lord led me to do. You know, we don't really take time to do a formal offering, but what I do want to do, a lot of you give online, and if you're giving today, uh, we have envelopes in the back of the chairs. There's lots of different ways to give. Let me read this passage, and then we'll put that up. I just wanted to shape your mind with how God sees uh, your pocketbook, your wallet, your bank account. Remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Now, here's what I love. Each of you give what you've decided in your heart to give. Wait a minute, is it not a certain percentage? Is it not an obligation? Is it not? He specifically says, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. We have taken that to beat the church up and say, you got to be cheerful when you give. Give until it hurts. Well, that's dumb. Just change how you think about it and feel about it so that it becomes a joyful process for you. Because God's after a generous heart. He's interested in it be, being a natural fruit out of your heart than sticking to a law or a commandment. Amen? 
you do realize that if you don't give, God still is pleased with you and God can still move in your life. But there's something about being generous that causes your heart to be open to that spiritual word of generosity and provision to manifest through you. I'm not trying to make empty promises. I, I want to experience this more myself. And God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all time, having all you need, and you will abound in every good work out of letting generosity be cultivated and developed in your heart. Amen? Father, I thank you that you are our provider. You desire to provide for us exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we can ask or think, regardless of the amount. God, you desire to bless us so that we would be a blessing. And we are committed to using the seed of our finances to train our hearts to teach you it is joyful to sow into the work of the ministry, to give into these projects, to keep the lights on in church. Those are all amazing things, Father, but we thank you that we are just we, we can use this seed that you've given us to open our hearts even more to let you flow through us, that you would be glorified, you would bring glory to your own name. Amen, 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 amen.